Connecting for positive change. Welcome everyone to the sixth episode of the Battery Cafe, focusing on quantum for batteries. I'm Nicoletta Piperidou from the Clean Energy and Infrastructure team at Innovate UK KTN, hosting today's episode alongside my colleague, Dr. Nadja Sidki. Hi, Nadja. Hi, Nicoletta. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, uh, Nicoletta, for the invitation to the Battery Cafe today and to our speakers for agreeing to join us on this episode dedicated to quantum for batteries. Uh, so I'm Najwa Sidki, and I am the Knowledge Transfer Manager for Quantum Technologies at KTN. Thank you, Nadja. Fantastic. And just a brief intro to the Battery Cafe. It is an initiative of the Cross-Sector Battery Systems Innovation Network, a community founded by Innovate UK, KTN and the Faraday Battery Challenge. And the Innovation Network aims to open new markets for the battery industry, promote innovation in batteries and help decarbonize a wide range of end users. If you haven't already, please go check out our online platform at ukbatteries.org where you will find lots of useful material and our first five episodes. So today we're joined by Halem Davis, Senior Electrochemist at Ampipower. Hi Halem. Hello, uh, it's nice to be here and yeah, I'm Senior Electrochemist at Ampipower. Uh, we work to scale up technologies to produce um, batteries that are ready for the open market. Thank you. And Michal Krompiec, Scientific Project Manager at Cambridge Quantum. Hi, Michal. Hi, uh, my name is Michal. Um, I'm delighted to be with you today. Um, I'm a Scientific Project Manager in the Quantum Chemistry team at uh, Cambridge Quantum. We develop software for quantum computers and since our merger with uh, Hannibal Quantum Solutions, also uh, quantum computers themselves. Thank you very much. So everyone, make yourselves a coffee and join us. Um, so Michal, let's start from the basics. What do we mean by quantum and what are the key application areas? Quantum computing is a fundamentally novel and different uh, type of performing computation by machines. So as you probably know, classical computing relies on Boolean logic and uh, logic gates. Um, so it's like switches on and off and, and, and basic logical operations on them. Uh, in contrast to this, quantum computing uh, makes use of interaction between quantum states. So instead of uh, bits that can be zero or one, we've got qubits, which are two-level quantum systems, which can be in a state of zero, one, or a superposition. Um, and they can interact with each other in kind of non-trivial ways. And this gives rise to completely new uh, type of logic, new type of operations, which in practice um, can run the same algorithm as classical computers can, but the complexity of this algorithm, the cost of performing them uh, can be much, much better. So in certain applications, quantum computation offers even an exponential advantage in terms of speed and memory requirements compared to uh, their classical counterparts. And the main application areas are in uh, optimization, uh, in machine learning, in cybersecurity, both in terms of uh, generation of cryptographic keys and in uh, sharing of uh, cryptographic keys, and finally in chemistry, which we will be talking about today. Thank you very much. 
so obviously we just heard Michal that uh, quantum technology is a big uh, area of development and it allows to address uh, several optimization and simulation problems, especially in chemistry and also for several end users. Uh, and the battery sector specifically could be a big use case for quantum technologies, considering the pressing zero agenda and also the shift for electrical energy uh, and the need for more sustainable processes and materials. And Hallam, as, as an electrochemist at MT Power and being focused on cell technology, could you give us an overview of the current needs and challenges of the battery sector and also what could be the biggest opportunities for development? Certainly. Um, so the current needs and challenges are quite diverse. There's quite a large mix of these. Um, and that very much ties into what really we're looking to optimize and take advantage of. So there are a lot of issues with not just cell design. So we'll, we'll be looking at producing batteries that are lighter weight, that are better optimized, they'll have better cycle lives, better voltage windows, um, and ultimately be safer. But then there's also other other things to look at, such as moving into new materials, moving away from materials such as cobalt that are less sustainable and moving uh, potentially towards uh, new um, sort of design philosophies such as sodium materials as opposed to lithium. Uh, all of these will involve an awful lot of uh, design from the ground up uh, and opportunities to reduce that via um, things like modelling will allow us to massively uh, reduce the amount of time required, the amount of money required, the amount of experimental steps, as well as potentially highlighting new areas that otherwise we wouldn't be able to identify if it was a, a more uh, classical approach to lab-based chemistry. Thank you very much. And Michal, as scientist in a major quantum company and being focused on computational chemistry, besides other chemical optimization topics, how do you see quantum speeding the development of the battery sector and how can it address some of the industry needs and challenges discussed by Helen? Quantum computing could, in uh, a matter of a few years, um, offer unique opportunities for materials development for batteries. Uh, but let's take a step back and uh, first think about what is the role of computational modeling, specifically computational chemistry in, in materials R&D. Well, one thing you can do is, is to uh, perform modeling to improve your understanding of the process, so to do kind of basic um, fundamental modeling of, of these processes. Uh, but what is probably more uh, interesting is a computational screening of ideas for new materials, new uh, process conditions, uh, before they are uh, tried in, in an actual physical lab. So when you come up with, say, 100 new uh, ideas to try in the lab, uh, you won't be able to try all of them uh, due to cost reasons, but you can reduce it to maybe a, a couple of, of most promising candidates by uh, performing a virtual experiment on a computer. And now the uh, usefulness of this computational filter depends on the accuracy of the computational method you use. 
And the workhorse computational methods used in materials uh, science today on the atomistic level are based on uh, density functional theory, which is widely applicable, it's pretty fast, uh, but its accuracy is fundamentally capped. I mean, on average, um, the errors in reaction energies or reaction barriers are two to four times higher uh, than what we call the chemical accuracy, so the minimum accuracy required to be able to compare to experiment. Uh, and this is in the gas phase. On uh, surfaces, these uh, errors are at least five times larger than the target uh, accuracy. Now, you may be lucky and due to cancellation of errors, your, your results might be just about correct, but you have to rely on luck. Um, the methods we are developing in the framework of quantum computing uh, are, in contrast to DFT, systematically improvable. So we can be always able to put a, a strict error bound on them and converge them to essentially accurate solutions. Now, it is possible to do this on, on a classical computer as well, but the cost for realistically sized systems would be enormous due to exponential scaling. Um, so in other words, uh, quantum computing can bring rigor and accuracy into practical uh, computational chemistry, which at the moment is, is very much heuristic. So that's, that's in a nutshell what, what quantum computing can do for batteries. This is really uh, great to hear, Michal, about what uh, quantum can do and quantum computing specifically in simulation can do for um, the area of uh, battery development, whether it's materials or processes and providing more accuracy. And Nicoletta uh, at Innovate UK KTN, we also um, addressed that specific topic of quantum for batteries and delivered a couple of activities on, on this topic. Um, so what were uh, the key findings from these activities and could you point us to some material we can be looking at? Thank you very much, Nadja. Yes, uh, you may recall we've tested the water with a brief session on quantum for batteries back in September. Uh, that was part of Quantum Tech Live and we saw that the audience was really engaged and we found lots of common ground and we thought, okay, let's do something more. Um, so back in February, we ran a technical webinar just over an hour long, exploring the topic in detail. So you can listen back to the recording. Uh, it's on the KTN website. If you check on quantum for batteries, uh, KTN, it, you should easily find the link and uh, listen back to the recording. But some of the key findings were, well, the obvious one, quantum technology in batteries has a huge potential for the future. So that was the main key learning from both sessions. And then we talked a little bit about quantum simulation uh, just now and how it can drastically reduce error in experiments. The other point we touched on was um, quantum sensors and how they offer a great degree uh, for um, better detection than regular sensors and how it can be commercialized. So we had some excellent insights uh, from CDO Squared. So if you haven't heard of them, uh, look them up online. They're doing some great work in this space. Thank you very much, Nadia. And back to you, Michal. Are you able to tell us a little bit more about the projects you have been involved in chemical simulation that may be relevant to the battery sector? Of course, I'm, uh, I've been more than happy to. So uh, about two years ago, we did a project for uh, Nippon Steel 
on um, simulation of two types of uh, crystal structures of iron, uh, BCC and FCC um, ion cells. And uh, we are able to calculate the correlation energy of the free electrons with uh, pretty good accuracy, good enough to reproduce the experimental difference in cohesive energies between these two. So this was the first demonstration of a correlated electronic structure calculation of a solid on a quantum computer. So the relevance to um, electrochemistry is that, uh, well, all of electrochemistry happens on an electrode surface, um, which is at least as difficult as these ion crystals uh, as we did to model. Uh, another project I can tell you about is uh, actually still, still ongoing with total energies. Um, this is about modeling of uh, carbon capture in metal organic frameworks. So here we're looking into the dissociation curves of a small molecule, which is uh, carbon dioxide, onto an um, adsorbing site in the MOF. So again, the relevance to electrochemistry is that we're looking at the uh, fundamentals of adsorption process. Um, and finally, um, at the moment we, we are um, running a project on uh, the mechanism of the oxygen reduction reaction um, on two different electrocatalysts. Um, so this is um, of great importance for fuel cells. I, I think these are really amazing uh, examples you just gave, Michal, on uh, electrochemistry. And obviously, we can hear that these are uh, quite industrial uh, projects uh, with the likes of Nippon Steel and, and Total. And I guess back to Hallam, and we would also uh, love to know about your current projects and what you've been recently working on. Uh, so if you would like to give us an overview of uh, your current projects and if any of these actually involve quantum technology. Yeah, so a lot of what our company doing, are doing at the moment is um, scaling up some of our, our future products and uh, getting ready for um, sort of full-scale commercialization. Um, relevant to quantum technologies, we have an uh, ongoing project where we plan to investigate and optimize our battery aging processes. Uh, generally, Battery aging processes are um, historical and unoptimized. They tend to be passed down from research institution, from um, people in the know, without ever having spent too much time truly, truly optimizing the process. And this generally means that once a battery has been made fresh, it will have to undergo um, some conditioning steps. These can take very long time, upwards of weeks, uh, under various temperatures. Uh, and this allows the internals of the batteries to fully form their SEI layers that allow them to reach a, a good state of health. Um, unfortunately, this is time consuming and it's expensive. There isn't really currently a very useful way of monitoring the progress of this SEI formation, this aging process. It is associated with a uh, very small discharge current, um, but that's very, very small and it's not very easy to measure. And if it was to be measured, we'd also have to have every single cell that's being aged physically connected and disconnected from battery testing equipment, which would be expensive in cabling. Uh, it would be time consuming. It would be tedious. 
um, and it would also involve handling the cells, which is generally something that is to be avoided. Um, and what we are working on is an opportunity to use quantum sensors to uh, monitor the um, the very very small discharge currents. We can see the we should be able to see the magnetic the tiny magnetic fields associated with these discharge currents, which are associated with the uh, aging reactions taking place, to monitor their progress. Uh, and this should allow us to do large batch testing with uh, multiple tests over time throughout the aging process so we can start to develop a, a sort of a bespoke to each product aging process that cuts down on time involved uh, cut down on heating costs it'll cut can cut down on manpower uh, and it can result in a cheaper and safer and hopefully better product for the end user Thank you very much, Helen. And uh, thank you to our brilliant guests. Thank you all for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. Uh, don't forget to visit our online hub on ukbatteriesnetwork.org and register to receive our news and updates and participate in the networking hub um, of the website. Our next episode will focus on battery recycling and reuse, an area we've been working on over the past few months and we look forward to sharing this work uh, with all of you. So thank you and bye for now. Connecting for positive change.